now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, finally, San Diego. Welcome to Rod Reel Radio. I am indeed your underfish toast, Hop Along, John Cassidy. It's a pleasure to have you tonight. I know a lot of you are coming on home from the Fred Hall Show. Appreciate you listening. I hope you had a great show, great time over there, record crowds, and I hope you found everything that you needed. If you didn't, San Diego shows coming up in two weeks. We'll have more information about that during the show. But, hey, let me give you a little rundown on who we've got with us tonight. Right out of the gate, Andre Moore, owner-operator of Reaction Innovation Baits. He's going to be with us. Man, if you have fished seriously over the past 10 years or so and have never used a reaction innovation lure, you're going to be in for something special because all the pros are using it, whether they're sponsored by reaction innovation or not. We're going to want to hear all about reaction innovation from Andre, so he's going to be first with us. Later on the show, Captain James Nelson will have the Southern California Inshore Report for us. Later on... Bob Baker will be with us. You saw Bob Baker in this week's edition of Western Outdoor News with a record blue cat out of Lake El Capitan. We're going to talk a little bit about fishing for catfish with Bob Baker. And then later on, Bob Cox Bone Carver is going to be with us. Yeah, we're going to talk about the evolution of Bob Cox's bone carving art. We had him on a few years ago, and I can't tell you how he has accelerated his experience and the products that he's putting on out for us tonight. And then later on in the show, the International Yellowtail Derby is just around the corner. It starts April the 28th. We're going to get a hold of John Campbell, tournament director of the International Yellowtail Derby, to talk about the derby. Now, Stan and Window, they were at the Fred Hall show. You probably saw them over there. So they won't be with us tonight. So I'm kind of at the helm of the Titanic by myself. But what the heck? We're still going to have a great show. Let's get on with it. I want to introduce my first guest. He is owner-operator of Innovation Reaction Baits, Mr. Andre Moore. Andre, welcome to the show, sir. Well, thanks for having me, John. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for your patience. Had a little glitch there right in the beginning. It's live radio. What can I tell you? But welcome. I I appreciate it. You're uh, you're two hours uh, difference than we are there at Reaction Innovation. What what I'd like you to do is tell us a little bit about your fishing and how 
reaction innovation first started and how it evolved, sir? Well, uh, you know, ever since I was a, a kid, I made my own lures and piddled around here and there, and I got more and more serious into it, you know, when I uh, started fishing a bunch of tournaments on the West Coast, and uh, then when I started fishing back East, it was a little bit more serious, and uh, yeah, I mean, I started the company as just kind of like a way to fund my habit, if you would say. <laughs> sure. You know, something something to kind of give me some uh, traveling money uh, when I was out on the road, because, I mean, I never had any big paying sponsors or anything, you know, kind of like the guys, you know, a bunch of guys have now. I mean, I was always doing it out of my own pocket, so... You know, I kind of need, needed a little something to subsidize the income when, you know, I had four or five terms in a row where I didn't, you know, do very good. <laughs> but it happens to everybody. I mean, everybody, you know, I don't care how good you are, you you have some bad tournaments and uh, you have a string of them put together and, you know, really hurts the pocketbook. But, uh, yeah, it kind of started that way and, uh, you know, I've been – you know, working on it ever since, you know, it's kind of just grown and grown and grown. And, you know, it got to the point where it was just uh, made better business sense for me to stay at home and make lures than uh, sit out there and chase fish around. You know, the uh, innovation, uh, uh, reaction innovation has been probably one of the most copied lures, I think, your lures of any on the market, whether or not it's the lures you started off with or your new stuff, it seems like you you come out with something new, and the next thing you know, there's clones or things that look like it all over the place. But tell me, what was the first lure that really made it for Reaction Innovations? Well, I mean, the first one that really kind of got us noticed was our Boom Boom Tube. When uh, Robert Lee won that big uh, BASS tournament on the Delta with that, mm-hmm. you know that that was originally like the the first thing everybody really was like, "Whoa, hey, what's going on here?" And then uh, soon after that, it was the Sweet Beaver, and uh, you know it's you know kind of gone on from there. I mean, uh, the next you know overly copied bait was the Skinny Dipper, and you know, it's just kind of, it, it, I don't know, now it's just kind of like we're the playbook for the industry. Whatever we come out with, it's everybody's next new bait next year. I, I think for <laughs> at least a lot of us fishermen around the country, you know, Boom Boom Tube was, was the first, and we knew about that. But we really started knowing about reaction innovations, and the thing that, at least for us, seemed to put you on, on the map was the Sweet Beaver and also the little beaver. Can you tell us how that that lure came about? Well, yeah, uh, the beaver was, um, you know, a bait. I mean, everybody on the West Coast knows a lot more about kind of the evolution of plastics than a lot of people back east. But, uh, you know, when I was uh, fishing up on the Delta all the time, we would – you know, always, you know, do those, like, binky bug things where we were taking a paddle tail grub and putting the rubber through it and cutting the tail and, you know, doing all that kind of 
kind of jazz with the Reapers and all the other stuff that we were flipping up there, but there was nothing. I don't know. I always felt like I, like I was missing something. Like, I mean, a jig was great most of the year, but there was just times we just wanted something that was all plastic, something that could slip in there really, you know, subtly. And I just didn't have anything in, in my tackle box. It just, I was just getting so frustrated. And that's, Basically, when I designed that bait, I wanted something with, you know, a little bulk, but still with some finesse and something you could put a big hook in, but it still was compact. And and there was literally nothing on the market at the time that you could buy like that. You know, I mean, at the time, pretty much every bait on the market was a worm-style body. That was it. I mean, you had a straight cylinder body, and there was nothing on the market with any bulk to it. And, you know, that's when I made that. And, you know, <laughs> I guess it kind of changed the industry, really. It really took off. When you first started fishing that bait, because I know there's a number of different ways to fish it. You say you were fishing up at the Delta. How were you rigging that thing? Because uh, I know people have seen that bait as being so successful that now there is a number of different ways to rig it, but what was your first intention when you first designed that lower and rigging it? Well, I mean, the, the first intention was, you know, to, to Texas rig it. It was, you know, designed to be kind of a compact flipping bait. That was the original intention. And, you know, then we realized you could fish it backwards and you could... <laughs> You know, trim it down and, and you, you know, use it as a finesse jig trailer. You could, you know, the the next big thing we, we started doing and I made quite a bit of money out west with was, you know, taking the beaver and cutting it directly down the center in half and using it as a drop shot bait. Mm-hmm. So, and then Pradco and everybody else copied my cut in half beaver. I mean, it was just like ridiculous. It's like, really? You guys are going to copy that? Like, don't these people know they can just buy a beaver and have two baits instead of, you know, your 10-pack of my cut-and-a-half beavers? It's ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, there's a million ways to fish the bait, and they all work. I mean, you know, they, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, I don't know, it'll probably still be catching fish for the next 30, 40 years. I, I it's a standard day andre we got to take uh, a break right now can i ask you to stay on with us for just a little bit and uh sure, man. have you no back uh, for another segment sounds good hey you're listening to rod real radio we've got andre moore owner operator of reaction innovations with us stay tuned we'll be back after these messages can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows is truck. 
trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gabakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. The Gabakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gabakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra-wide gap, worm hooks, finesse-wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, I'm Bart Hall, and I'm honored to tell you about the 42nd Annual Fred Hall Show, March 22nd to the 25th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. I'm proud of our 72-year-old history and amazed that the little show my father produced at Gilmore Stadium in 1946 could have grown into the 2018 version of the Fred Hall Shows. The San Diego Show is one of the country's largest sport fishing shows, one of the nation's most prominent boat shows, and a world-class international travel show. You will be entertained by nearly 500 booths, over 200 seminars, acres of boats, and dozens of family fun activities. Kids 15 and under are always free, but the Fred Hall Shows also strive to help preserve the lifestyle of fishing, hunting, boating, and outdoor recreation that so many of us cherish. You can help by joining the Coastal Conservation Association of California. And when you do, you'll get in free. Join us and celebrate the passion for outdoor recreation at the Fred Hall Show, March 22nd to the 25th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Presented by Progressive. Check us out at fredhall.com. And remember, it's a whale of a show. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy Line, Spro Products, Gamakatsu Hooks, G. Loomis Fishing Rods, Shimano Products, Ovet Reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Stan and Wendy, they spent this past week at the Fred Hall Long Beach Show. Hope you had a chance to stop by and see them. Say hello to Wendy and uh, check out the Ozerline booth. Say hello to Stan and see that new insurance package that he had which is really dynamite and then also give him some critiques about the show so we can come on back here and and hopefully add it to the show and make it even a better presentation that we have 
Hey, we are, though, with our special first-hour guest, Mr. Andre Moore. He's owner-operator of Reaction Innovation Bates. And, Andre, again, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, glad to be here. <laughs> glad to be with you, too. Hey, you know, we've gotta, I, I've got to address the elephant in the room. One of the things, not only for an innovative lure that Reaction Innovation has been known for, but you've also come out with some Saco names for uh, uh, your lures over the years. And uh, I know that was purposely done, but uh, tell us how, uh, how that evolved. Well, you know, I was still uh, single when I started the company. And, you know, a little young, a little wild, and uh, just didn't want to come out with the same old, Blah, blah, everybody else's lure company, you know? I mean, you know, I mean, how many hog rustlers and pig stickers and, you know, I mean, it was just ridiculous. And <laughs> I just wanted something that would kind of stand out. And it's kind of funny. You, do you know Paul Burns from uh, Delta Bait and Tackle? Well, I certainly do, yeah. yeah. I, think, I don't think Paul is with us anymore, but I knew him at the time. So anyways, uh. We did ICAST, like, back in 2002, I want to say. It's like when we originally started the whole thing, we had a booth there, and uh, we had some scantily clad women, and people from ICAST uh, told us they had to wear more clothes, and it was, you know, kind of a, you know, a different thing, and uh, Paul came up to me, and he was a pretty religious guy, and... Uh, He's like, Andre, I've known you a long time, and uh, I really don't know where you're going with this. Uh, he's, he was just kind of, like, blown away, and I said, wait, Paul. Like, when this show opened this morning, there wasn't a, probably a person in here that came walking through that had ever heard of Reaction Innovations. And I guarantee by the end of today, there'll be a person that leaves this show that will know. <laughs> and he said, yeah, you're right. And, um, you know. Got, you know, got us some recognition. People actually paid attention to us, and uh, you know, it was—it's just a little different, different business plan than what had been done in the uh, in the industry, pre, you know, prior. You know, now everybody's kind of, you know, trying to do something a little different. But uh, you know, it was just just my idea. I mean, you know, originally you know, I went to college for advertising and graphic design, and. Uh, so, I just you know I just wanted to do something different. <laughs> uh, well, you certainly did, and make an impact on the industry. You certainly did. Uh, just to dispel or to confirm a rumor, was there one time when the, I think it was Walmart was looking at putting your lures in, but they would not do that unless you change the name of the lure. No. Okay. I've never, I've never been contacted by Walmart. Okay, or any and, uh, anybody like that. Okay, and, uh, I actually some some a distributor I had actually sold to some Walmart stores, which uh, you know I, I'm not. I, I just never had gone for that business. Uh, I've always wanted to target the the smaller independent retailer, and um, and you know nobody's going to tell me what I can name my stuff. I mean, Kiss my ass. <laughs> well, you know that's a you know that's a good thing too because of the fact that, especially when the lure came out, um, 
it, you kind of had to demonstrate it. I mean, yeah, your packaging was great, the names were provocative, but people still had to know how to fish it and and catch, uh, you know, fish with it. But it didn't take them too long to learn that. And But the best place to do that is through your independent shops as opposed to your your box stores. Right, yeah. And, and you know, it's it's kind of sad watching the, the independent store struggle like today like you have with, you know, the expansion of, uh, you know, some of the giant chains. I mean, you get zero information if you walk into one of those stores. I mean, you know, uh, when I first was, you know, coming up over in the Bay Area, I, I would always go into Walton's Pond up there. And uh, John Walton, I mean, he was a great independent retailer, took care of his customers, you know, kind of explained stuff to people. And uh, you, you just, it's hard to find that anymore, especially for people, you know, trying to learn and, uh, you know, learn about all the new stuff. Well, even with the uh, advent of the Internet, which you can, you know, take as, you know, there are some jargonauts out there, still there are people that want to come on in, they want to feel the baits, they want to touch them, they want to see the variety of uh, colors and shapes that you have, and then they, they want some type of edification on, uh, you know, hey, I've been using it this way, but, you know, this bait is so good, can I use it as a jig trailer, can I do this, or whatever it is, that there, I think there'll always be room for the independent store, and Companies like yours supporting them, coming out with unique products that fishermen recognize are quality products that they can go out and catch fish on at a time when they can't catch any other fish. Man, uh, that's a win-win for, uh, quote-unquote, the little guys. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, I, uh, you know I, I've tried as hard as I can to, to, I mean, always support the independent you know, retailer, and, uh, you know, I've had our, I mean, some bad luck, as you say, with, uh, I don't really know if I should name any names, but, uh, you know, I've, I've let my distributors handle the bigger chains, and, and I, I don't really put my foot down that avenue, um, you know, I let them deal with it, but, uh, you know, for us well, personally, I mean, we, we like selling to the to the small guy, and we like talking to our customers and telling them everything new that's coming out, and you know, so they can get it out to their customers too. I mean, it's just it's hard it's hard to get that kind of response out of a out of a box store because they want you to set up EDP numbers and this, and then they want some guy to come in that doesn't know anything about fishing to go, oh, well, I like these 12 colors, and this is what we're going to have in our entire Midwest area, and then, I mean, it's just, it's just not the way fishing should be, I don't think. I mean, <laughs> well, then the other day thing is not only were you coming out with innovative shapes that were changing the industry and being much imitated, you also came out with colors that the you know guys haven't seen and and new names for those colors that we hadn't seen things like sprayed grass and things like that. Uh, tell us about the colors because I know you don't have a hand poured product. Uh, you know uh, it is an injection molded product, and to do some of the things that you're doing is a lot more expensive than just jamming through one color. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, I do have a hand pour background. I, you know, I hand poured a lot of my own stuff. I mean, a ton of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess my art school background as far as some of my color classes and everything, um, you know, I just get some ideas and I say, you know what, I want something that does this, or, you know, a certain watercolor, I want it to look like this in a green water rather than, you know, a lot of a lot of the colors I make or I actually think about if it's going to be like a more of a brown watercolor where I want to use it or a green watercolor. And I just kind of go from there and, you know, I've made a lot of pretty cool stuff that, uh, you know, it's kind of become like industry stock colors now. <laughs> It, it seems like they're like generic names. You know, you, you know, you, you know. We've used a lot of your plastics out here, but uh, also in the beginning, you had some hard baits and some semi-hard baits that were uh, just pretty fantastic. And in this day when it seems like everyone is crazy about using a frog, you had one of the first bro- frogs that was just really. A super neat fishing frog with a swamp donkey. Right, yeah. I mean, we still, I've got a whole batch of them coming in, but it's one of those projects I, I can't get it done here in the U.S., and it kind of bugs me, and I hate dealing with the overseas. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that I, I just don't keep in stock like I should because it's just like every time I know I get an order, and it's like, oh, gosh, here it comes again. Yeah. And it's just another headache, and we, uh, yeah, we've done a lot. I mean, that kind of BMF hook we used to make, I mean, now everyone makes that hook, period. Yeah. It's just become the flipping hook for every single company, and it's like, it's kind of hard for me to compete when I have to order it from, say, Brand X company, and they're going to turn around and then sell my hook also which I obviously can't compete on that price, so kind of, you know, pushes me out of that, you know, reason to even sell it. Yeah, because so a lot, you know, a lot a of lot people of don't realize they uh, see your name, they see your your product all over the place, but you're still a relatively small company and compared to a lot of the lure-making companies that are out there, so it it isn't like you have a big hammer that you can beat on some of these guys to increased delivery or you know something goes wrong uh, that it isn't made right uh, you you're in the same pickle uh, except uh, you don't you don't have quite the voice that some of these other companies have oh yeah well you know it's uh one of those things do you want to do you want to sell out and get a whole bunch of investors and all that or do you just want to keep it in-house and you know i've decided to keep it as big as I want it, you know, which isn't, I don't want to be the biggest guy. I just want to be the best guy. Well, you are with the baits that you made, but I notice it's like a lot of things. When you when you kind of take a hobby or something and turn it into a business, all of a sudden your your fishing seems to be affected. And I, I think it did affect uh, uh, your fishing in one way because you couldn't, you couldn't serve two masters. You couldn't stay on tour and still relegate the responsibilities of the business to someone you you wanted to oversee it you're just that type of guy yeah yeah you know it's being on the tour was fun up to a point and then it's just kind of like it just got to be where it wasn't fun anymore 
and you know they they never schedule a tournament when you should be on that lake. You know, you know, always know when you get there the fishing's not going to be any good. <laughs> I mean, it, it just got to the point where it wasn't a, a whole lot of fun. Um, you know, I started doing a whole lot more saltwater fishing, and uh, you know, it was just kind of like, well, I'm going to go saltwater fishing. I want to go have some fun and kind of put the tournaments, you know, away. And uh, it's kind of funny, though. It's all coming back around for a full circle. I talked to Stan a couple weeks ago to ensure a new boat, a bass boat I just bought. Sure. <laughs> and still having, having him insure, unsure all my, uh, my little toys. So they've always been good to me for the last, gosh, been 20-something years. Well, you know, a lot of people don't know. You know, we talk about Stan insuring boats, but how far-reaching his uh, insurance knowledge is about uh, boats and how to take care of you and make sure that you're you're insured for those little things that, if by any chance you have a problem, there is a no, there is not a problem when it comes to uh, a claim. So, and Stan's yeah. good on that. Well, you know, one of the things. And am I missing something? You've you were fishing a lot more saltwater, but I don't recall seeing a lot of saltwater-type lures from you. I mean, for inshore fishing, yeah, there's a few of the saltwater lures, uh, the freshwater lures you make that we can use for calicos and sand bass and everything like that, but was it just that you were so busy and your capacity was was being taken up with the stuff that you did that you didn't get into a good saltwater lure, or did I miss the boat on something? No, um, I'm actually working on a on a, on a project uh, for some uh, some saltwater stuff. It's kind of slow to materialize because before I do it, I really want to have something that's you know really unique, and I want something that's going to blow people away in the saltwater market. And you know the uh, the inshore market over here on the east coast is pretty good for redfish and speckled trout and stuff and Mm -hmm. the calicos over on the west coast um you know but it's it's really hard to get the average joe saltwater guy to go the full artificial route and not you know want to throw live bait and not want to have the stinky gulp and you know it's kind of it's 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 a really hard thing to to break into. I, I feel. I mean, you know, I was right dead center in in pretty much professional bass fishing world, and you know, I knew all the guys, and you know, a lot of guys, you know, were using my stuff. So it really, you know, kind of fast tracked me into that market. Well, Andre Moore, I know at least out, out here in the West Coast, you have one heck of a following. The lures are as popular as ever. But, you know, we don't get to see all this stuff. If people want to find out more about the products that are offered by Reaction Innovation so that if a dealer isn't carrying them, he can contact you and get them in the store, how's the best way to contact you? Well, I mean, call the shop, basically. Uh, people call over there and... We still answer phones there, and we don't have an automated system, so <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's kind of the way we want it. We don't really, I think some of my guys would like me to add an automated system, because they get tired of 
some of the telemarketing calls we get, but uh, you know, we, we still, I mean, hell, I, I still answer the phone there. I mean, people call and everybody's busy. I'll pick up the phone. You answered the phone when I called here uh, at the beginning of the week. Uh, you have yeah. a website that people can refer to, uh, Andre? Yeah, it's um, reactioninnovations.com. Uh, hasn't been completely kept up to date. Um, we're still working on a new site. So the one we have now has been kind of neglected. We're kind of trying to work on a whole new whole new thing. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of new stuff coming out, um, a lot of really cool, cool stuff. Uh, a couple things that are in the patent office right now before I'm getting them released and, uh, it's um yeah, it's just pretty pretty exciting around the shop the last well a year and a half because I kind of committed myself to learning uh, how to run a CNC mill. Mm. So we're actually we're actually uh, making all our own molds in the house now, Neat. and wow, and um, a lot of a lot of fun stuff going on around there right now. All right, well, Andre Moore. Uh, I know uh, I need some stuff for my shop now, so you'll be getting an order from Angler's Arsenal real quick. I, I appreciate what you've done, though, to help make dealers successful, and then also a lot of the pros out there. But first of all, I just want to thank you so much for being with us, giving up some of your Sunday night to be with us, and uh, we'll stay in contact with you. And, and as you come up with new products, I hope we can get in contact with you and talk about them. Awesome, man. Well, uh, hopefully we'll see you soon, probably at ICAS this year. We look forward to it, Andre. All right, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Andre Moore from Reaction Innovations. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Captain James Nelson with the California Inshore Report. Stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod Real Radio to come. spectacular 42nd annual Fred Hall Show, March 22nd to the 25th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. San Diego's biggest fishing show, biggest trailer boat show, biggest outdoor recreation event of the year. Hundreds of booths, acres of boats, over 200 seminars, the Daiwa Bass Tank, the Accurate Fishing Saltwater Tank, Hobie Kayak Fishing Seminars, Costa Sporting Chef Cafe, the Mammoth Lakes Kids Fish Free Trout Pond, the Cousins Tackle Seminar Stage, the San Diego County Ford Dealers Paul Bunyan Lumberjack Show, Jack Decker, the King of Fling, archery, target shooting, free dive, fly casting, kids casting, and so much more. Kids free, kids fish free. Join CCA Cal and get in free. Celebrate the passion of fishing, boating, hunting, and outdoor recreation at San Diego's number one show. The Fred Hall Show marks 22nd to the 25th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Presented by Progressive. Details at FredHall.com. It's a whale of a show. Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can ensure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866 so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers. 
That's Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. You know, we play those spots from the California Department of uh, Boating and Waterways, and it isn't for background noise. The messages they have are important. You watch your speed, you watch your safety, you wear your life vests. There were two more accidents and major tournaments that happened this last week where people were injured and uh, property was lost. So no one goes out planning an accident. So make sure before... You get on the water, you have all your safety equipment, your people know where it is, you're ready to go to go out and have a good time. It's probably never going to happen to you, but when it does, you've got to be ready. Hey, the guy that's ready to be with us now is a fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, how you doing, sir? I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? I am doing great. You know, and I just... Uh, you know, made that little uh, spiel on on safety, James. But you, particular as a professional guide and a licensed guide, these are all things that you're very weary of before anyone even steps on the boat with you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's these are things we need to all take care of and uh, consider, especially lately when we've had questionable weather. We go out and uh, you know. Boat's carpeted or it's got a grip in mine. I mean, it's not. They get slippery, you know, and especially weather. And then you add, add a little wind and a little real, and you know, it's anybody could take a dunk at any in the water, and it's good to be prepared. You know, I'm I'm always amazed, Jim, that uh, the uh, the gambit of things that we have to do before we go on out for you with regards to your record keeping, your bookkeeping. Uh, and then, you know, making sure that everyone knows where the safety equipment is and, you know, and then positioning themselves in the boat so that, you know, if you uh, are, you run into rough weather or you run into a rogue wave or something like that, someone doesn't get catapulted out of the boat. Uh, boat. And, 
you do this, you know, five, six times a week, almost every week of the year. So, uh, man, congratulations on that. It's, it's a good thing to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, there's part of me, you know, thinks that, well, okay, they may say this, but there's other part. Uh, it's just a good idea. You know, it's a good idea to say that, and especially if I'm showing somebody where the man overboard rings is. I mean, I'm showing that because chances, if they're the ones grabbing it, I'm the guy in the water. So it's, it's a good plan. If you're taking it out on your boat, that they know where the state is because they may need to use it on you. Well, we, we don't need to be wishing that on anyone. But, hey, let's get to the fishing part of the program. What can you tell us about uh, the fishing in our uh, inshore waters right now? Well, I'll know more this week, John. Uh, this last week, I, I spent a lot of time out there. Uh, we uh, we did prior, you know, and it was pretty good. Of course, it was huge moon phases. So, you know, with everything every considering, you know, that bay just lights up with that tide rolling, you know, feet a day so it really looks good and then uh, but this week i, I spent more time really in short so it's kind of interesting we, time of year folks want to do some action and our lakes are more to accommodate all right and especially in the bays you know we've been re- getting reports here in the shop uh, uh a lot more corvina in the bay uh, big halibut uh, probably a lot have to do with the current grunion run when when you get grunion running, a lot of people think, well, they're on some sandy beach, uh, you know, along the Silver Strand or up, you know, north of La Jolla and in North County. But grunion also come into our bay, and that also changes the face of fishing in the bay sometimes, doesn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely, because uh, grunion are running, it's not just them, uh, but there's also uh, bait fish in the same that are also uh, in the of spawning. Uh, whether small anchovies, the top smelt, the jack smelt, the, the or what have you. I mean, everything's pretty much uh, going to that time of year. The spring flings and with the predator fish already happening with the bait fish, the grunion, and they like. Yeah. You know, let, let's talk a little bit, and I know we've uh, uh, talked about this subject before, but for some of the people that are thinking, hey, you know, the weather's getting great. We've got spring break coming on up, going to have the kids out and everything like that. I like to go uh, fish uh, San Diego Bay, but I hear that the Shelter Island launch ramp is closed and access to the bay uh, may not be limited. Uh, how, if you get someone that wants to fish uh, San Diego Bay or some of the offshore kelp or even want to venture down to Imperial Beach, can you still accommodate them? Absolutely, John. Yeah, you know, I've in the 10 years that I've been, this i've spent very little uh time at the shelter ramp uh, about the only time when we were going to go out and left. if we're going to go out and right you could do it uh easily by coming out of mission bay and going left so uh there's you know with this like i said a few exceptions um having that shelter on the ramp really hasn't in, interfered with what i do so much but i could definitely see it for guys that want to run uh, out to the islands or do a lot more out and left type trips, I could definitely see the impact that it's made on them. And some of those guys, I've just learned follow their suit. I, I know guys that are going out on their own private boats. They're going out to, say, like Imperial Beach, and they're going either out of Pepper Park or Glorietta, and uh, they're just traveling that little extra route in the bay. Yeah. 
I know uh, the times that I've been with you, I've enjoyed going out of uh, Glorietta Bay. Uh, you get there early enough where everything is a lot closer to you than it is at Shelter Island, even though when Shelter Island is finished. And right now they're anticipating uh, <clears throat> right at the end of June, beginning of July. Let's hope they make that uh, that number. But uh, it's, uh, it's a little further distance, but uh, what I like about it is that if by any chance the ocean is, is not as smooth as you like to see it, you spend more time in the bay and kind of sheltered from the point going down south there than you do coming right out of uh, uh, Mission Bay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've even mentioned that the last time you and I went that, you know, disc-wise, it's probably about the same if we say out of either Ski Beach or Dick. But uh, it went out that way in the morning would thing, but it's it's a pretty uh, much pill ride coming back, and you know, and and when you're going through that water and you see San Diego, and you're thinking, wow, if we launched, we'd be home. <laughs> but you're not. You still got about miles to go through that sloppy to get into Mission Bay. <laughs> you know, it, Jim, right 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 now is. the conditions seem to be good. Now I know a lot of spotted bay bass. Uh, in the uh, the South Bay, uh, 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 have you heard anything though about this dredging in in Mission Bay? Has that affected fishing at all? Has it improved it? Uh, uh, what's your take on that? To be honest, John, I haven't done much in Mission Bay. Uh, I haven't seen it much, and I, it, you're the that just made me privy to any dredging going on. So uh, I have no comment on that out of lack of knowledge. Okay. Uh, I've seen, though, that uh, a lot of the guys that are coming into the shop right now, uh, uh, there seems to be a fairly good halibut bite out there. And I know know that a lot of times you don't necessarily target halibut, but it sure is nice when you get one aboard. Uh, Is there a time of the year that is uh, uh, maybe your chances of catching halibut are better than at other times? Oh, absolutely. And the guys that that know the the just outside of the bay, and some of these guys are really impressive the way they're coming in with a lot more 20 to 30 fish than I've seen in a long time. Really impressive, those guys. And one of these days I'm going to track one of them boats down. But, <laughs> but nonetheless, in the bay there's there's plenty to, uh, year-round, but this time of year there definitely is an influx of visitors, whether they're coming into spawn or just chasing grunion or other fish. You know, one way or another, we've got more than we normally do. It's almost like the hatchery trucks men dumped out fish for. And we like that. But as far as uh, areas to fish, you know, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times, like 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 you mentioned, we just they're a bonus fish. We're not really targeting them so much as we're just generically fishing what we would normally do for bass. And then, hey, look at that, a halibut. Right. And, Jim, with a, especially with the semester break coming out, when uh, you're getting a lot of the kids going out to school or you know, mom and dad can get away or whatever it is. Uh, you know, we always seem to be talking about the, the inshore report and the bays, but you're also a very accomplished freshwater fisherman, and whether it's the lakes of San Diego or going up north, uh, you can take uh, your clients on one heck of a freshwater adventure, too. I sure try, you know, and our, our lakes uh, aren't always accommodating. I mean, I, I tell a lot of people we can fish year-round, even though we probably shouldn't. This time of year, you know, it's just nice. This is where most bass lures are designed to be worked, you know, within the first 10, 15-foot range of the lake, you know, 
rides. And it, it's nice because the, the lakes and the fish are starting to accommodate that, that range. And like you know, it, there's times of the year where we are fishing 40, 80 feet of water, uh, sometimes even vertically for these bass. And they can be caught. Like, they can be caught year-round, but it's nicer when they're they're acting more like bass like they do here. You know, and I, I've got to tell you, there are customers that thank you down the road that you don't even know of. Uh, we had a fellow come on here in, in here pretty new to fishing. He had just bought a kayak. He wanted to learn about Mission Bay. We suggested that he go out with you. He did go out with you. You showed him techniques. You showed him the type of places to fish. He, he loved uh, spotted bay bass fishing. You even showed him some of the lures that you use. He came back in here, thanked us very much. He had a great time. He was going to go out on his own now in his kayak and, and put a lot of that information to work, bought the lures, and would you know, he came back about two days later, and he had caught off of his kayak a keeper halibut, and he was thrilled beyond belief. And a lot of this was just the knowledge that you gave him by going out fishing with you, and I know you get that story all the time. Well, I like hearing them, that's for sure, John. That's great. I appreciate it. <laughs> Jim, we've got the holidays coming up. If uh, people want to see your schedule, they want a book to go on out with you, either freshwater or saltwater, how's the best way to go about doing it? Well, they could always get the website. is thefishon.com, or they could reach me at uh, telephone 619-395-0799. And as of right, other than Thursday and Friday of this week, I'm booked until the 27th, and if you can believe it. Wow. There's a few days left this, this month. I'd be more than happy to get folks out to give me a call, send me an email, uh, whatever have you. You like to communicate and get them on the schedule. Yeah, give me that phone number again, Jim, because you're skipping in and out. And when you gave that phone number, we lost a couple of digits. Well, that's kind of important. Seven. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> in my case ten six one three nine five seven nine nine. All right, hey, or if you go on the Ron Real Radio dot uh, com site, yeah, there's a direct link uh, between ourselves and Captain James Nelson, and you can see what Captain James is doing about it. Get on Captain James, uh, or just get on James Nelson on Facebook, and you'll learn a little about him about his fishing, the clients that he brings out. And then the other secret life that he lives. <laughs> Captain James, thanks a lot. We look forward to talking to you again. You have a great Sunday, and we look forward to seeing you on the water. Pleasure, John. Thanks again for having me, and I hope to talk to you next Sunday. All right. Hey, that's it for the first hour of Rod and Real Radio, but stay tuned. There's still a lot more to come. Bob Baker is going to be with us to talk catfishing. Bob Cox, the bone carver, is going to talk about his bone carving art. And then later on, John Campbell, director of the International Yellowtail Derby, will be with us. So stay tuned. There's still lots more to come after these messages. You 
can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon. Or online, anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Hi, I'm Bart Hall, and I'm honored to tell you about the 42nd Annual Fred Hall Show, March 22nd to the 25th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. I'm proud of our 72-year-old history and amazed that the little show my father produced at Gilmore Stadium in 1946 could have grown into the 2018 version of the Fred Hall Shows. The San Diego Show is one of the country's largest sport fishing shows, one of the nation's most prominent boat shows, and a world-class international travel show. You will be entertained by nearly 500 booths, over 200 seminars, acres of boats, and dozens of family fun activities. Kids 15 and under are always free, but the Fred Hall Shows also strive to help preserve the lifestyle of fishing, hunting, boating, and outdoor recreation that so many of us cherish. You can help by joining the Coastal Conservation Association of California. And when you do, you'll get in free. Join us and celebrate the passion for outdoor recreation at the Fred Hall Show, March 22nd to the 25th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Presented by Progressive. Check us out at fredhall.com. And remember, it's a whale of a show. He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it. So I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners, be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words code group in the App Store on your smartphone. It's a big deal, you know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic, I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream, <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And welcome back to the second hour of Rod and Real Radio. I am your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Stan and Wendy, they're attending the Fred Hall Show in Long Beach. And I'd say right about now, everything's going crazy there because it's breakdown time, one of the most fun parts of the show. So they will be back with us next week. 
to give us their uh, opinion on what happened at the show, and then we'll also have that Navionics chip that uh, will be drawing a winner for so stay tuned for next week's show. You know, we're really lucky to be here in Southern California. All the fishing opportunities we have, freshwater, saltwater, but when we get on the freshwater side, people from other parts of the country, they look at us and they go, what do you mean? You don't have any lakes here. I, you know, uh, we've got, you know, big lakes, uh, you know, in our part of the, uh, the world in the southeast and, uh, you know, Corps of Engineer lakes and everything like that. And we tell them about our lakes and uh, they go, you mean those mud puddles, some of those? Some of our lakes out here are the size of maybe an arm of one of the lakes that you'll find in the uh, the Midwest and the uh, the East. But you know what? We have great fishing opportunities over here, especially on the freshwater side. Needless to say, we're known for our largemouth bass. We've got striper fishing. We got crappie. We got bluegill. We got trout that are on put and take but you know what there's another species out here that a lot of people sometimes they kind of go well i don't know if i want to go out for that 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 kind of fish because it, it takes a little bit different techniques well i got to tell you it's as much fun as any of the other species that i talked about i was going through the western outdoor news and i, I was summing through it and i saw a colored picture of a good friend of mine and he's sitting there with a big old catfish. And I thought, you know what? I need to tell the story about that. I need to get him on to tell the story about it because it was indeed a record-breaking catch. Let me welcome to Rod and Reel Radio, a good friend of ours, Mr. Bob Baker. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Good to be on again. I appreciate you calling me. Hey, well, no, thank you for being on. And, you know, I, you know I've known you for a long time, and... I didn't. I didn't put Bob Baker together with catfishing, but it, it, it's a species that you really love to go out and and catch. Tell tell us a little bit about you know how this uh, you know this love of catfishing started. Oh boy! Well, my dad worked at Lake Murray when I was a little child. I used to fish at the dam with my brother on Saturdays. I couldn't have been three, four years old. And I got the bug, of course, and then. Uh, you know, I'm 63, so I grew up in the big bass thing in San Diego and chased that world record for probably 30 years and finally realized I was never going to catch that, so I let that go and was always interested in the big blue cats because just an interesting fish, so I've really worked hard the last 20 years trying to figure those things out, and it's been, it's been interesting. It's been some epic fishing for them, really, to be honest, and... Uh, it's a overlooked thing in San Diego. It really is. Not many people do it. Well, first of all, you mentioned one species, and then there are actually two predominant types of catfish here in San Diego. You get the blue cat, and then you get the channel cats. Can can you tell us the distinction between the two of them, and do you find one species more desirable than another to go out and, and pursue? Yeah, well, the blues are just so big. You know, that's kind of the ultimate thing. It's uh, Channels are fun, but, you know, I've only caught 225s in my entire life. They just don't get that big. But the blues, you know, they get four or five feet long. And, you know, I've hooked some of those at San Vicente over the years, you know, 50, 100 pounds, and just fought them for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, never see them, end up losing them, and you're just, you know, thinking, what the heck was that thing? And uh, 
I did see that 101 pounder they caught a number of years ago and had it at the Del Mar boat show. And I went up and looked at that thing for a while. It was an incredible animal. <laughs> uh, I, I just find them interesting, you know. It's something different than bass. I think that one came out of Hodges, too. And as a matter of fact, they were able to keep it alive, and I think they returned it to the lake. They did, which was commendable. And, yeah, I, that 53, I got it out cap, I did release. I was really worked real fast and real hard to get that thing weighed in a couple pictures and get her back in, and she went in in good shape. So, And I talked to all the cat guys up there, and I'm really impressing upon them to let everything over 20 go. Because well, we don't want to end up like Otai where everybody killed all the big ones, and then you don't get the 40s, 50s, and 60s. you you gotta, you got to, you know, respect the fishery, I think. I know there's all kinds of nuances to catfishing, but in the limited amount of time that we have, can you, for a person that is beginning or needs to know how I can go out and catch a 50-pound uh, blue cat, can you give us uh, some hints about uh, technique and gear and, and things to watch out for? Well, just, you know, you can get the Western Outdoor News or whatever and figure out where the wrap to start with. And then keep it simple. Guys use way too much gear. I just fly line everything, basically. Very seldom any weight. Fluorocarbon leaders, for sure, are huge. Don't need a giant hook. And uh, contrary to popular belief, fresh bait is the key. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Whatever you're going to throw, make sure it is the freshest you can get. Because fish don't like smelly things. The big blues don't eat that. No. Then follow the worst weather, really, is the easiest way. You know, when everybody's home and it's pouring cats and dogs and it's flooding, that's when you want to be out there. That's the easiest way for somebody that doesn't know what to do. Just follow the heavy weather, go to the lakes while the water runs in, and fish right there. You'll catch them. That's so the when you're, you're, what, kind of, what kind of structure do you uh, uh, target? Do you... Do you, you know, do you fish across points? Do you fish in gullies? Do you fish on the tops of the points? Uh, uh, what kind of structure do you look for to, to decide to soak that bait in? Well, I know they do sit in large rock piles. Bigger the rocks, the bigger the cats. But I think for the most part, believe it or not, I get them in shallow base. Kind of like bass, the cats are the same thing. They follow the bait. They follow stained water. They move up to feed like anything else and you have to figure out where those big flats are it's it's kind of people think you fish really deep for them that's not necessarily true i think it's more really shallow water you know four five six feet is that's where i really catch most of my big fish to be honest so when you take a a chunk of something uh i can imagine that it may be an oily type of fish. Uh, tell us about some of the baits that you use that you've been successful with. Oh, I've been using Bonita. You know, I do the ocean thing, and, you know, I go out with your old friend, Will Markshinsky, and, you know, and I will keep, you know, Skipjack and Bonita and, you know, whatever we get, and that's what I try to use. I keep it on ice. I get home, I vacuum seal that up and keep it in the freezer and stockpile uh that's how I do it, because the stuff you get at the tackle stores is pretty bad as a general rule. I mean, the hardest thing is to have good bait. That is the key to the whole thing. You're not going to get bit with bad bait. You're just not. It's not going to happen. Well, I, I know we uh, we try to keep the bait fresh here, but after a little while, especially right now where there's been a lack of bonita, 
or a lack yeah. of mackerel for us to have accessibility right. to bait. It's tough. So sometimes when you're going out, like if you go out with Captain James Nelson and you catch a, a bunch of nice mackerel or some bonitas or you're going out on, on the half-day or three-quarter-day boat, it's good to save those things because if you're not going to yeah. eat them, there's still yeah. a purpose for them. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I loaded up on Big Benita at the island last year, and I still got a few. And of course, then I, you know, beg, borrow, and steal from other guys. You know, I try to keep track of who's doing what, so that kind of helps out. And, so uh, your typical rig, even if you let's say have a a nice chunk of Benita, uh, what size hook would you be using normally to fish those things with? I'd use a small owner, a three aught, and. I don't use a big hook. Okay, and, and like is it a circle hook, or can you use a regular J-hook? No. no, I know a lot of guys do. You know, I fish with Morgan Blake, the cat guy, and he's he's all about the circle hook. I've fished for so long, it's ingrained in my mind to set the hook. and <laughs> I have a hard time disciplining myself with the circle hook, i got to admit. <laughs> my all right, and, and pound test, uh, uh, does that make a difference? I mean, because you think you're... You're after your your next largest uh, catfish ever. You're, are you using heavier tests, or, or what do yeah. you suggest that the average guy I, use? You know, it depends on where you're at. You know, I will go to Lake Murray, and I'll use eight for cats, but they're not huge. You know, San Vicente or Otai or El Cap, you're going to go right to the 30 and mm-hmm. not mess around because these fish, they'll, they're extremely strong, and they'll you know, they'll smoke at 100, 150 yards, and you have to even stand a chance. You have to have 30. And you're not going to turn them, and you're not going to, you know, you'll pop them off if you don't do it right. So heavy tackle is critical. And uh, spinning, bait caster, you prefer uh, any one of those? I do it all spinning, but, you know, I do have conventional gear. But I take a lot of people fishing because this is one thing I can anchor the boat and Everybody enjoys, and it's easy. So I just have big spinning outfits, just Shimano Bay runners on some nice Cal Stars and uh, old uh, Sabres, and that, that's how I do it. So it's and they're heavy duty. It's you know basically yellowtail equipment. Um, I just find that works real well. Okay, and and I, I know that uh, a lot of the fishermen that that. Uh, Use uh, bait casters. Uh, they like bait casters because a lot of them have a clicker on it, and uh, they they fool around with that clicker, so it's a real light clicker. Uh, I I guess uh, uh, they they have the uh, uh, the rod stuck in a uh, and maybe a, a you know in the sand or somewhere where if that that fish comes, uh, you, they, you can hear yeah. the clicking, and it's time to go yeah. over and set the hook. Yeah, yeah. No, conventional works real well. I've just, I've just made a conscious decision to go to spinning, which um, it's just easier for everybody. I take, you know, everybody wants to go fishing, John. You know, you know, <laughs> when you're fishing, everybody, you know, hey, can I go? Can I, you know? So this is something I can anchor the boat. We can just shitty chat, hang out, tell stories, and everybody's comfortable, and it's easy for me, you know. And you just throw your spreader rods out and leave them in free spool and wait till you get bit. Now tell us about the day that you were out there with uh, that you caught that uh, the big fifty-two uh, pound fish because uh, that was a pretty classic day for you. It wasn't the only fish you had that day. It, it, no, I caught 
probably a dozen. It was on pretty good, and but I've been I had found them. I've been getting some nice twenty-seven to thirty-threes in there. And this one hit on the right spot, and uh, it was twenty minutes, and it was it wrapped in the front anchor rope at one point. I had to put the rod down and pull the anchor, unwrap it. Went under the back anchor rope, picked up another line I had that was a real problem, and went around the boat five times. And uh, about the first go around, I figured out I had the lake record. First, I figured it was thirty, and then forty, and then I finally could feel it pulling its head, and I knew it was a very long fish. And uh, it was it was quite a thing. And I was by myself. Unfortunately, I could have really used somebody, but. The boat was a complete mess by the time I got it in. <laughs> the wrap lines and anchor ropes, and the boat had spun around, and <laughs> had to lift the back motor. It was trying to root around under that. I was only anchored in five feet of water, so there was nowhere for the fish to go. So you get you get the full fight out of them when you get them in real shallow water in the flat areas. And well, you know, in, yeah, and and in our San Diego lakes here, you get towards the dam, you get deeper, clearer water, you get in the back. The back of the arms, obviously, shallow water. Are you normally yeah. targeting flats that have some type of structure on it that you're in relative? No. You're not. You're not fishing no. in forty feet of water. No, I'm following the bait. The bait goes and hides in off-color water and brush. If you can find large areas of sunken brush, and it's a flat, you you will find big blues. And if you fish big blues in the rocks and nasty areas, you're, I've lost lots of them. And, they're, you know, it's just extremely hard to get them out of that stuff. You're going to hook them. And this is the reason I don't fish San Vicente, the new lake, because it's all brush. Your odds yeah. of pulling the big blue out of there are really slim. You're going to have one heck of a time doing it up there anymore. The new, the new lake is not near as good as the old lake for catfishing. Night and day. Well, Bob, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us and tell us about catfishing and sharing some stories. And I know that if you, uh, you know, you share your information when you see people out there on the lake and that uh, you're not a guide or anything else like that, but if people want to ask questions, uh, can they contact you on Facebook or is there a way they can, sure. you know, maybe yeah, can. Uh, have a QSO with yeah. you so you can share information? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'm on Facebook, and anybody that's uh, interested, I, I tell you straight up what I'm doing. I got no nothing to hide. You know, I, I just ask people to respect the fishery and let let big fish go. That's the only thing that I ask. Now, that's was it. that 52-pounder? That that was uh, a record for El Capitan, I believe. Uh, no, have you caught? No, or it wasn't. No, that's been... I got a fix. Fifty three and a half was El Cap, and in two thousand I caught a fifty two at uh, Diamond Valley. Wow! I broke the record there, so I had the record there until a guy got a fifty six a couple years later. And what's your personal um, best, Bob? That fifty three is the biggest one I've ever taken in and weighed. I've lost a lot of big ones at San Vicente, um, but I'm looking at all the lake records in San Diego. And I figure there's three or four that guys could could break. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe that. Some of them aren't that big, and I know there's big fish in these lakes. Now, the blues have gotten huge here. Uh, the people don't target them. There's yeah. a, kind of an open, open thing for guys to do. Well, Bob Baker, I appreciate you being with us and sharing some of your expertise on catfishing and 
and letting some people know, hey, there are other alternatives out there besides largemouth bass and trout and stuff like that, and they're just as fun to catch. And if you're a saltwater guy and you like something that really pulls, it sounds like a 50-pound blue cat is uh, one of the things to go after. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I can't argue with any of that. Well, I appreciate it, John. It's always fun talking with you. Hey, no, thanks for sharing the information. And part of your right. Sunday night with us, Bob. We look forward right. to seeing you in the not-too-distant future here. All right, John, you guys have a nice program. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Bob. Right. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. Coming up next, we're going to have another Bob on, but this is Bob Cox, the bone carver. We've had Bob on. Oh, we had him on a long time ago as, as he was evolving in this art form that's bone carving. We're going to catch up with him and what he's doing, but stay tuned. We've got to take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages. the spectacular 42nd annual Fred Hall Show, March 22nd to the 25th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. San Diego's biggest fishing show, biggest trailer boat show, biggest outdoor recreation event of the year. Hundreds of booths, acres of boats, over 200 seminars, the Daiwa Bass Tank, the Accurate Fishing Saltwater Tank, Hobie Kayak Fishing Seminars, Costa Sporting Chef Cafe, the Mammoth Lakes Kids Fish Free Trout Pond, the Cousins Tackle Seminar Stage, the San Diego County Ford Dealers Paul Bunyan Lumberjack Show, Jack Tagger, the King of Fling, archery, target shooting, free dive, fly casting, kids casting, and so much more. Kids free, kids fish free. Join CCA Cal and get in free. Celebrate the passion of fishing, boating, hunting, and outdoor recreation at San Diego's number one show. The Fred Hall Show marks 22nd to the 25th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Presented by Progressive. Details at FredHall.com. It's a whale of a show. I like rafting. I love whitewater. But I never forget that snowmelt in the river can cause cold water shock. I wear a life jacket always. Anyone with me has got to do the same. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, it's Tony Gwynn. Nobody treats you better. Nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Nobody beats El Cajon Ford. 
Hi, it's Tony Gwynn Jr. For years, my dad said it so often. Nobody beats El Cajon Ford, and nobody treats you better. And that's so true. Now I am proud to join the El Cajon Ford team because with them, it's all about family. They treat you right. You're part of our family at El Cajon Ford. Thanks, Tony. We'll see you at Broadway in East Main and ElCajonFord.com. Hey, and welcome back to our Rod and Reel Radio. Stan and Wendy, man, they're having a great time at the Fred Hall Show meeting all of you over there. You know, but you got to pay your dues, and it's breakdown time there right now. So, Stan and Wendy, I hope you had a great show. We look forward to having you back on next week. So, I'm Hop Along, John. We're uh, just uh, manning the helm of the Titanic here by ourselves, but we had some great guests. I wanted to bring another guest aboard, a friend of mine I've known for a long time, we had him on the radio show a few years ago as he was just starting to evolve in this art form called bone carving. But, boy, you see the stuff that uh, he makes now, and he has progressed like I can't believe. But let's talk a little bit about his art with Bob Cox, the bone carver. Bob, how you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. Hi, John. Hey. Hi. Hey. Welcome to the show, Bob. Uh, you know, uh Bone carving isn't something that you get a lot of people to aspire to. Tell us a little bit about your beginnings and 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 how you got interested in doing this. Well, it started about twelve years ago. Uh, I, I do have a, a silversmith and a lapidary background, cutting and polishing stone. So that has been kind of a artsy, craftsy guy. And I was given a little gift of a cheap bone hook from Hawaii from a friend. And that kind of started the craze, and uh, it's evolved into a wonderful hobby, a connection to the uh, fishing community. It's opened up a whole world of the Hawaiian and uh, tiki uh, culture, and just uh, the, the irons in the fire all the time. And it's just uh, it has evolved into a great hobby, and uh, and all in the process of meeting a lot of good uh, people and, and making new friends. Yeah. Bob, I, you know, I've seen your art evolve, and, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about what your inspiration is. Because, as you said, you started off, you saw some Hawaiian hooks, you go, okay, and then you go, how can I start doing that? And, uh, and then all of a sudden you're using different materials. But, you know, tell us a little bit about the process. Uh, well, uh I watched a YouTube video of a gentleman uh, named Louis the Fish in Honolulu. He's a carver. Uh, he's been carving for 40 or 50 years, and he also is a fishing guide in New Zealand. Uh, he puts out a, a, a really cool video on how to do the basics of bone carving. So I started with his video and have kind of changed things around. Uh, I went from uh, beef bone that you buy at Petco to uh, just a myriad of uh Different materials of uh, abalone shell, gold pearl shell, water uh, uh, buffalo horn, wood, coins, you name it. If I can get a tool into it, I'm going to carve it. <laughs> and when it comes to uh, fishing and or sea related, uh, you know, what percentage of the images that you produce do you think come, you know, from, you know, sea related inspiration? Oh, probably 90%. Uh, I do some flowers. I joined the SoCal Plumeria Society, and I carved a Plumeria necklace and earrings for my wife a few years ago, and that kind of inspired me with the new home that we have in Chula Vista. We have a couple Plumeria trees, so 
that's also another uh, little branch in the hobby. So, uh, but most things are, are ocean or sea related fishing. Uh, and right now I'm, uh, in the process of inlaying a five inch, uh, bone calico bass into the, into a swordfish bill for, uh, a, a jury art show I'm doing here in Chula Vista uh, next month, which will be judged. So, uh, just, this is just turned into a, a fantastic hobby. Well, you know, and I've got to tell you, uh, uh, I, several years ago, I think one of the really dynamic projects that you had was uh, helping in making the trophy for the International Yellowtail Derby, helping out uh, John Campbell with that, who we're going to ha- have on for you. And it it just really demonstrates how uh, dynamic your art form is because you've really carve these things now with detail that that's pretty incredible yeah that's that's the the fun part but I, I have a little shop that i had built in my backyard specifically to accommodate my carving and uh i can go out there you know in the mornings early and and draw and, and be quiet for the neighbors come eight o'clock hell or high water excuse the expression uh you're going to hear some uh, some grinding and pounding and smell some bone dust and it just uh, kind of gets me away from the TV and the kitchen and, and keeps the old brain. Going. And tell us uh, when it comes to materials, what do you think's the most exotic material that uh, you've been challenged to uh, to work with? Uh. Well, I, I'm using all kinds of exotic stuff. I've done some. Uh, Carved uh, uh, fossilized mastodon tusk, uh, uh, a little piece of walrus tusk here and there, uh, all kinds of shells. Uh, I don't. The old pearl shells is a beautiful piece that I get out of the Philippines. Uh, it's uh, gold iridescent on the outside, silver iridescent on the inside, and it's very, very tough on my tool. So, uh, very beautiful material, but very, very hard to carve. And is there a piece, Bob, that you've done that you thought really took you, you know, beyond, you know, the the limits of even what you thought you could do? And by the time it was finished, you just sat back and you go, I can't believe that. Uh, there's been a few pieces. Uh, I don't do a lot of 3D carving as in sculpture. Most of my stuff is, is kind of like uh, flat. Although most of the fish that I carve are, are fairly thin, but I'll carve sides. So with a halibut, I'll carve it and, and do all the uh, detail work, and the eyes will be on one side. They'll have a lateral line down the center with all the appropriate uh, fin markings and gill plates and all that. Uh, there have been a couple of real detail pieces, maybe uh, like a, a navy anchor with the rope around it and uh, some... Uh, uh, what do you call it? it not but, uh, some uh, scrimshaw type work, some etchings that I didn't think I could do, and I pulled a couple off. But that's not my forte. I, I usually like to do fish, and different animals, and see things. So, well, I know you do a lot of custom work, Bob. People call you up and they commission you to do something on on the norm between the time. Someone says, Bob, go ahead and do this, and the time you can get it out the door. What's the normal lead time on getting a piece of art like this out? I'm funny that way. I might have 
10, 15, 20 orders. I'm getting ready for spring and summer. I, I recently just uh, strung 30 necklaces that I've put out in the last two weeks. And uh, I have a pretty good backlog. This is not a business. It's a hobby. Sometimes I feel like carving. Sometimes I don't. But uh, somebody will say, well, I, I want to well, I'll give you a week or two if you can get to it, and then I'll call them the next day and tell them that's in the mail. I'll stop okay. what I'm doing just to, just for a change, and I'll get it out right away so it could be a day, a two, or a week. <laughs> I, I've noticed one of the uh, the more unique materials you've started working with is uh, billiard balls. <laughs> What's up with that? A uh, buddy of mine uh, in Ocean Beach is called, um, his name is Matt the Tiki Man Willis. He's a... Uh, Famous in the tiki world, the Valley High, and uh, he collects Hawaiiana and, and tiki's. When he does a, he goes and he finds something that I like, he'll save it for me. And he got a two dozen billiard balls and asked if I could carve them. And I, I, they sat in the garage for a year, and I finally got brave enough to carve a skull. And I've done a half dozen of them, and, and they're a big hit. As well as a, a set of dominoes that I picked up for five dollars. <laughs> and I'm carving tiki's out of these dominoes. I made out of bakelite. My gosh, hey man! I, you know, is, is there a material that yet you've wanted to work with that you haven't been able to find, or that uh, hard to get, or you just haven't, you know, had the right inspiration to start using it? Uh, I want to buy uh, an online. You can buy this material, and it's uh, it's legal. I want to buy a. Uh, Six foot long giraffe leg to carve. Okay, and what uh, what do you think uh, that would turn into, just in case uh, a giraffe leg came about? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't know. There's, there's an awful lot of material in a in a six <laughs> foot long giraffe leg bone. So, well, I tell you what, I could uh, I could come up with lots of different things. You know, I I always thought one of the most uh, unusual thing I've seen is that uh, uh, you've actually used uh, swordfish bills and you you've uh, produced uh, uh, really great gifts out of those. Yes, I uh, I have a piece now that I uh, well not too long ago, and it's for the Make a Wish Tuna Challenge coming up in August. Uh, Mr. Mike Smith uh, runs the show for those folks. Uh, and it's going to be held at the Portuguese Hall here in San Diego on uh, Shelter Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a nice, nice piece with a mahogany handle and some nice ink work and five different inlays of five different materials on one side of the blade with a custom wooden box with my art, and that's a $400 piece, and it will be donated to the Make-A-Wish Foundation to raise money for the kids. Wow, this is uh, this is a unique gift, and I know you... Uh, you, you show your artwork. Where can people see uh, a display of some of the things you can so they can start getting stimulated to come up with an idea to present to you and uh, you can produce a unique gift for them? Well, for your Facebook fans, you can always uh, friend me on Facebook. Uh, I don't have a website. It's not a business. Uh, you can friend me at Bob Cox Bone Carver. I'll accept your friendship. Click on uh, my photos and see a lot of stuff that, that I've had and is now either donated or sold or whatever anyway. So that's that's the best way, and I do have a few local shows, but I'm not going to advertise that. So just get a hold of me through Facebook, and uh, that's probably the best way unless you want my phone number. All right. And, and 
Bob, when you uh, uh, when you're working on something, just kind of give us a, an idea of a price range where you know a, a low and where it could be a, a high to come up with a really beautiful piece of jewelry. Oh, probably the low end. I sell stuff. I do some little simple earrings for the gals. Like uh, I get these little baby abalone shells the size of your fingernail or thumbnail, and uh, out of Monterey, a friend of mine that works for Monterey Abalone Company, and I'll just polish those and hang them on a hook and get 20 bucks a pop. Mm -hmm. Uh, Real simple stuff. And then uh, some of my higher-end stuff uh, will run up, you know, with the swordfish bills, 250 300 bucks, and everything in between with an average of, of about $50 per piece. Wow, that's really reasonable, and and the average amount of time that you spend working on on one of your carvings, because uh, I know probably some things you have down pat, other things uh, kind of takes you a little while to figure out. But each piece being a work of art done one at a time, you, you've got to devote a lot of time into them. Yeah, and I've developed a. Uh, uh faster and simpler means to, to carve. I do use machines. I have friends that, that carve the old-fashioned way with gravers and scrapers and knives and files. Uh, and uh, But I use machines. And uh, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. Well, and, you know, and, and then also the detail. I've actually seen some pieces that look like you put some gilding on them, too. Oh, I, uh, now and then I'll, I'll paint a piece or I'll add, a, 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 like I did a piranha and I do some sharks and I'll drill a little miniature holes in the jaws and I'll insert sterling silver wire to emulate teeth. So uh, a, an average fish will take me from an hour to three or four hours depending on the detail, the size, and the material. Well, Bob, it sounds like it's a real labor of love. You can go to Bob Cox Bone Carver on Facebook and get a hold of Bob there. And if you need to talk to him any further, I know Bob always gets back to you messages. And and if you belong to uh, San Diego Anglers or the Ron Real Club or, or a lot of the, the, the events that happen around here, you'll normally see Bob. He's the first guy to come up and donate something and go see his wares over there. I know you'll probably be there for the Yellowtail Derby kickoff uh, dinner and People can come over there and see your work. So you're around. You're easily accessible, Bob. And and congratulations on on developing this really great art form. Thank you so much, John. All right. Hey, you guys take care. Uh, We're going to have John Campbell, director of the International Yellowtail Derby on. Got to take a break right now. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. You know, it seems like we start talking about events months ahead of time, and we figure hey, it's never going to get here. And the next thing you know, it's we're almost right on the doorstep, and it's it, it's going to begin in no time. And that's what's going to be happening here with the Yellowtail Derby for 2018. What better guy to talk to to find out some of the details on what's happening with this year's Yellowtail Derby is the director himself, Mr. John Campbell. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. I'd like to talk to you, talk to you and uh, uh, let everybody know on, on your show. Well, thank you very much, John. Now, I think the first thing we need to tell everybody is if they enter between now and the end of the month, there is still an early bird discount that they can take for their uh, entry, is there not? Yes, there is. Uh, actually, uh, the the... But the big discounts for the last couple of months. But for your radio show listeners, I'd like to extend a, uh, a special uh, until noon tomorrow. If they contact me, All right. uh, they'll get uh, it's, it's currently $80 per uh, adult and $30 per junior. Uh, if they contact me, uh, it'll be... $60, a $20 discount uh, for, for adults. Still, Kids are still 30 But $60 for adults, that's a savings of $20. You can contact me. You can text me. You can uh, uh, email me at John Campbell in San Diego, or excuse me, John C. And SD at uh, gmail.com. Uh, go online. Uh, you can look up Yellowtail Derby, but you can't enter online because uh, it's, it's $80. Right now, but you, all right. If you, if so, John, if they call, if they call you at six one nine 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 one five four eight zero, you'll be happy to take their uh, entry over the phone. 
Yes, or they can text me using that that phone number as well. All right. And they give me give me their information, uh, their credit card information, their address, and an email address, so I can send them information. All right. So this is a special for Ron Real Lady Radio listeners. Uh, give John a call either later on after the show or or tomorrow, preferably tomorrow. Tell him that hey. Thank you for that discount. Let me sign up for uh, this year's Yellowtail Derby because, really, you don't want to miss out on all the fun. Even if you don't catch a Yellowtail Derby, there's still plenty of things to do and a lot of fun to be had, John. That's right. Uh, it's, you know, it's 37 days, and we do that because of potential weather problems. Uh, in some years, the first week is blown out or Maybe our first week may be good, and the next two weeks are, are not good, and the final week is good. So it gives you a chance to, uh, to take care of uh, weather problems. And so, but you don't have to fish every day. You can fish one day or any days, and the biggest fish wins. And we have, uh, besides yellowtail, we have white sea bass, halibut, and tuna. But the yellowtail takes the big prize. Oh, well, well. Let's start off with the schedule, and, and first of all, before you get any days on the water, you started off with a, a, a grand party, and, and tell us when that is and where it is, and give us the details about that. Sure. April 25th is the pre-fish party at the Ballet High, we'll have speakers there and uh, have drawings and stuff. It's a, it's a lot of fun, uh, and it's a pretty exciting time. To listen to about what's what's happening and what the what the what the all the all the different prizes and grand prizes are going to be, um, the uh, so it's a, it, come on down to Bally Heights at six p.m. until uh, until we finished having fun and uh, John Cassidy will be there. Uh, have Miss Yellowtail there. Uh, it's a it's a it's a good evening. Wow! And then as the Yellowtail Derby kicks off on April twenty eighth. I know that uh, in the beginning, too, you also offer weekly prizes for, you know, biggest fish brought in at that time. Tell us about those. Yes. Uh, we have multiple prizes uh, during the tournament. Uh, during the week, each week, we have prizes for the largest fish caught during the uh, during the weekend. And uh, then, uh, uh, so there's, there's multiple times we can win there. And and we give those prizes out at the end of the uh, the tournament at the awards party, and so uh, that's uh, that's part of that. It's really a, a lot of fun. Oh, that well, it always is. Uh, the uh, the get together after this event is almost as fun, if not more so, afterwards because everyone comes with their stories and we're you know kind of making fun of each other in a way, uh, kiddingly. Uh, who caught what and did catch this and who got aced out. I mean, it is, it is a good time. And, and I, w- I want to remind our listeners, too, this isn't just something that the guys get into. You've got a lot of women that are entered in this event. Yes, yes, we do. Winner, uh, women and, and uh, kids. A lot of, a lot of juniors. Uh, we had one junior last year that, it can't be, had the largest fish for juniors in three categories, so uh, they get pretty excited about it. Then at the at the awards, also 
even if you don't catch a fish or you don't have a winning fish, we have a huge raffle. And it's for, it's, the raffle is for only for the people who uh, are entered. Okay. And you can walk away with, usually people walk away with winnings, and everybody, only people get tickets for the raffle that come to, come to the event that are entered. So you're guaranteed to get some goodies. You know, and then there at the Valley High, uh, those people over there have really extended the hospitality to uh, you and the participants of the tournament. They do a great job there at the Valley High. Yes, they do. In fact, and one of the traditions we have, this is the 10th annual, by the way, and one of the traditions we have um, for the anglers is generally, you know, people have an extra fish or something. I, I try to get uh, some of the guys to donate a fish uh, for the awards bank, but in, in, every year we've had fish donated. So it just adds to uh, more fun, and we try to acknowledge and thank the people who do that. Okay. Now, John, tell us uh, quickly, what are, uh, what's the areas that we can fish the Yellowtail Derby is? And if we get a fish, how do we qualify it and get the information to you to make sure that it's entered in the Derby? Okay. Uh, we have way slips, and uh, the area... The area is 50 miles south of the of Point Loma, the point of Point Loma, okay. and uh, then uh, 50 miles west. And the north area is the Orange County line. It goes straight out. Just figure that wherever that is. All right, so that's, that's a pretty uh, pretty big area of ocean. Now, uh, if by any chance you're caught with, you don't have an uh, entry, entry form right way, uh, can you? Have uh, someone certify it and then, uh, you know, get yes. it to you with an entry form or make sure that, uh, you know, I yes. guess the best yes. thing is is that it, it's certified on a IGFA scale and then there is a witness there to verify it. Correct. And generally it's the person weighing in the fish. It can even be a butcher or, but generally, you know, the, the best places to weigh them in are at Dana Landing where they have IGFA scale or the Marlin Club in uh, in uh, San Diego Bay. Uh, but there's other places you can go as well. But it's got to be a, a, it's got to be a scale. It can, the fish can only be weighed in on land and not, not on a boat. So not, and you can't weigh them in on your little handheld uh, scales. Uh, it's got to be certified. It's got, and you have to you know, tell us where you caught it, time and day, and you've got to have the you got to submit your, your your fish to me within 24 hours. Everything, everybody submits everything to me, and I keep a record of it. Right. I, I think even last year here at Angler's Arsenal, we had a few fish come in, and uh, we have IGFA scales uh, here at the shop. And I think uh, actually one of the juniors, uh, Dad brought them in, uh, and we, he weighed a fish yes. and had a pretty nice yes. fish. I remember that, yeah. So Great. Maybe several of several of the besides angles are so several there's several other uh, uh, sport fish uh, stores tackle shops and so forth that have have scales anglers uh, choice on Rosecrans does uh, and and uh, anglers arsenal where where you are John so uh, yeah you can do that and and they're also the waist slips are online so you can go online and print them out or you can pick them up 
from me at the uh, the, uh, the kickoff party. Right. So. Yeah, so just make sure you're keeping a waist slip with you all the time. Just, uh, you know, fold it on up and, uh, you know, keep it in your wallet because uh, you just don't know when you're going to need it. I mean, uh, I remember uh, some of the uh, the biggest fish that came in were when guys thought that they weren't going to get a chance at all. That's right. Uh, two years ago, maybe it was three years ago, Rick Maxa uh, went out uh, – to try, it was a real rough day. You couldn't get outside, outside the kelp because it was so windy and rough. So he and his buddies uh, decided that they would. Uh, uh, well, they wanted to go fishing, so they they said, "Well, let's let's target white sea bass and halibut." And they and they so they did. They went out to Mission Bay. They went uh, they went uh, inside the kelp, and they saw some activity on the water. Uh, th- threw a lure in there, and Rick caught a 45-pound yellowtail. All right. So, hey, John, uh, we've got to cut this off for now because it's time for us to jump off the air. Uh, you can go to RoddenReelRadio.com. We've got a direct link to the Yellowtail Derby. Google Yellowtail Derby. Go to any of the tackle stores and find out about it. And John, we'll be checking in with you again to see what we're doing on the Yellowtail Derby and a great promotion that you're helping us out with with Rod Wheel Radio listeners. Thanks a lot for everything, sir. Thank you, John. All the best. All right. Hey, everyone, that's it for tonight. Stan and Winnie will be back next week. We'll be here with the live show. So thanks for listening to us on behalf of Jorge and the AM 540 Studios. Ben in our local studios here in San Diego. Always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McEwen, and always in memory of Paul Leader, El Cajon Ford, that helped us along all these years. We'll say goodnight. We're going to see you on the water. See you next week here on Ron Real Radio. We're out for now. Place you gone, place you gone fishing.